0: You're listening to Season 1, Episode 50, Farewell, Jason Hayward and Wilson Contreras. And right now, the professor, Kyle Hendricks, is the last of the Cubs' 2016 active players on the roster. Our interview this week is with Brian Smith of Bleacher Nation on the Cubs' 40-man roster construction. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, we have Brian Smith. You can find him on Twitter at Cub Prospects. And he writes for the Bleacher Nation. How are you doing tonight, Brian?
1: I'm good, Crawley. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, no problem, man. I'm hoping you're getting some sleep because I know this is a chaotic time for you right now. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on our last podcast. This calendar kind of coming up this end of November gets gets a little dicey. So uh, we're recording this on Thursday, November 9th. So tomorrow's the deadline for teams to make qualifying offers to their free agents. And obviously, Wilson's the big one. Um, but there, there's a couple other things that are kind of going on here. Um, I think it's important for people to understand that obviously you have a 26 man roster right throughout the season. Yep. And then you also have a 40 man roster. Explain to listeners here what the 40 man roster is for.
1: Yeah. So the 40 man roster obviously encompasses, you know, your entire 26 man roster, but it also provides you 14 extra spots that you can use for, for call-ups Uh, for guys in the minors that that are providing you depth that are that are necessary and not everybody in the minor leagues needs to be on your 40 man roster but if you're going to call a guy up to the majors he has to be on your 40 man roster so you know it's it's there to be your depth really but it also creates its own sort of roster logjam above the 26 man roster because you don't want to have guys on there that you're not going to be using in the major leagues necessarily except if you're protecting them from the rule five draft, which I know is something that we're going to talk about in a few minutes here.
0: (laughs) It gets, it gets crazy. So uh, tomorrow the 10th is when teams uh, also are going to take a bunch of players off the 60 man roster. Who does that look like for the Cubs? I know that Kyle Hendricks would be another uh, Jason Hayward, whole bunch of people coming off. Any other names I'm forgetting here?
1: Yeah, I mean Alec Mills is on there. Um, Ethan Roberts is on there. Um, Brad Wicks on there. Rafael Ortega. So all those guys are going to come back onto the forty-man roster, which is actually going to then push the Cubs above forty people on their forty-man roster, which you're not allowed to do. So instantly, the Cubs will have to release will have to release a couple players to get down to forty names before they even start adding people for the winter. So it's definitely just these this weird sort of week ahead where Jed and Carter have to constantly be sort of subtracting a couple guys to add a couple guys to subtract a couple guys to add a couple guys. It's, it's a bizarre time of year.
0: Right. And so, you know, when I take a look at it, obviously Kyle Hendricks is not going anywhere. But, right. you know, a couple guys, Jason Hayward, we already know is out.
1: Gone, yeah.
0: Uh, so, you know, that leaves, you know, a couple guys. You know, Alec Mills is, boy... You know, you kind of just take a look at the list. Like you said, we got, we covered week, and we covered Hayward's gone, and Ortega's another one that, you know, I, I really don't see him maybe sticking around. Right. And so then on Friday, November 18th, you also have the non-tender deadline, so teams have to decide who they're going to keep between – I'm not even going to go into the three- and six-year, you know, service time stuff, but that's a list that includes Hap, Stephen Brault, Fran Mill Reyes, Rowan Wick, Alec Mills, Brad Week, Nico Horner, Cody Hewer, Nick Madrigal, and Rafael Ortega. I'll actually, uh,
1: let me, let me jump in real quick, because what I'll say about that day is it's basically a day that if you don't have a guaranteed contract that includes years in the future, no matter whether you're arbitration eligible or before that, even, you know, a guy like uh, uh, Justin Steele or someone like that, that's, that's younger. The Cubs decide on that day whether they want to offer you a 2023 contract or not. So it's it's everybody that doesn't have a contract that we already know about,
0: right? And so these guys right now, when you talked about that list, I mean, obviously Hap is safe. Uh, you know, you could say yeah. Cody Huer is safe. Mad magical would be safe, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I think so. He's he's sort of like probably at that like last safety point of being of being fine. <laughs>
0: Franmil Reyes, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He's a little bit expensive, and it started out good. And other than that, uh, I will always love you. I think will be the highlight. What are you thinking on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, the problem with arbitration, for Franmil's point of view, is that you have to sort of keep going up in money. And he made enough money last year that that if you're going to be in a similar ballpark with his salary, I don't know if the Cubs are going to feel good enough about how to project what he does in 2023 to want to pay him, you know, six to $10 million.
0: Yeah. That's going to be a tough one there. And then, you know, and then we start getting around the, the the deadline for placing rule five eligible prospects on the 40 man roster is November 15th. So let's talk about that terminology right there. The deadline for placing rule five eligible prospects. So who would be considered a rule five eligible prospect?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting, we're going to get real into the weeds here. So, you know, (laughs) stick with me, but you know, if you're in the minor leagues for a certain number of years, it's either three or four years, you become eligible for what's called the rule five draft. And the reason the rule five draft exists is that they don't want teams to sort of stash guys in the minor leagues and not give them a chance to get to the major leagues over time. So they allow other teams to grab guys from other organizations And then they have to keep them on the major league roster for one whole year if they're going to do it. And that's what the rule five draft is. What you can do when you're, when your prospects become eligible for the rule five draft, if you don't want them to be able to be selected, you add them onto your 40 man roster and now they cannot be selected any longer in that rule five. It protects them from eligibility in that draft. So The Cubs, I think, have, you know, probably something like 50 players that are eligible for the Rule 5 draft. But of course, you know, a large number of those aren't getting any consideration from Jed and Carter at all. Uh, There's probably about, you know, probably about 15 guys that, you know, I would imagine they had a meeting about in the last week. And, you know, what do we think about each of these cases? And in the end, there's probably, we're probably looking at somewhere between three, and you know on the high side 5 or 6 guys that will that will get at him
0: so as as we kind of take a look here right and 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 for the cubs it's kind of like um a good problem to have is that it looks like the minor league system through trades through draft international free agents it's, it that that farm system for the cubs is really rising in the rankings and it, it's a good problem to have to have you know a right. lot of good prospects but at the same time For other teams that don't have as good a farm system, this is kind of really an opportunity to kind of maybe poach somebody because the Cubs clearly cannot protect everybody. When I look at that, you know, the top 30 prospect list, you keep seeing newer and newer names, and some guys kind of start falling back, and those are the kind of guys that may get a shot somewhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, even a guy that that I think the Cubs are going to put on their 40-man roster in a couple days is Kevin Alcantara, who the Cubs acquired for Anthony Rizzo from the Yankees. Uh, had a good year this year with Myrtle Beach. Uh, And the reason the Cubs are going to put him on the 40-man roster is so that he doesn't get drafted in that Rule 5 draft. They know that he's not going to help them in Chicago in 2023, but he is such a good talent that I think another team, if he was eligible in the Rule 5, a team that knew they were going to stink next year, say the Washington Nationals, they would draft him and just stash him as the 26th guy on their roster for all of 2023, because they'd be so desperate to add that guy into their talent pool for 2024 and beyond. So the Cubs are going to look at that. They're going to realize that, Hey, we want Kevin in our organization and they're going to put him on the 40 man roster.
0: And so as you kind of, like, like you were saying though, this, this is kind of the risk here is that with, with the rule five, they have to stay on your major league roster. Yeah. You, you don't have the option of, uh, demoting them to the minors or any anything like that. that. That's, that's it. They have to be on that roster the entire year. And what happens if they decide if a team, let's say takes Kevin Alcantara, let's use your example of Kevin Alcantara. Yeah. Let's say someone takes Kevin Alcantara and then all of a sudden it's just not really working out. Then what happens to Kevin?
1: Sure. So when that team drafted Kevin, you know, in the, in our hypothetical situation here, they'll, they'll, they would have given the Cubs a hundred thousand dollars in exchange for for that right to draft him, uh, if at some point they decided, "Hey, we don't want him on our major league roster anymore; it's not working out." What would happen is they would offer him back to the Cubs, and if the Cubs wanted him, and there would then be no roster limitations, they could take him back and put him in the minor leagues. The Cubs would just have to pay fifty thousand of the hundred thousand back to that team. So, you know, a lot of cases, I think the Cubs will look at with some of the players that are eligible, and they'll say. Hey, I don't think this guy could last in the majors for an entire year. I bet even if he does get drafted, the team will end up offering him back to us and we'll get him anyway. So that's why some of the cases, I mean the Cubs Cubs have, I think, eight guys, Crawley, that that are eligible for this rule five draft that have hit ninety-seven or higher uh on you know, with their fastball on the radar gun this year. I think there's five guys that hit a hundred this year. So it's a weird time in the Cubs farm system where like, we could see a situation in a month here where the Rule 5 draft happens and the Cubs lose, you know, two players in the Rule 5 that, that we read about as this guy touched 101 miles per hour this year. We're all going to be like, what the hell were the Cubs thinking, you know, letting, letting them go? But, you know, there's, there's some rationale there and that, the, that'll be a calculated gamble. Hey, we don't think they're quite ready to last for six months in the major leagues.
0: And that, that's where it starts to get tricky. And that's where, you know, you said that you saw Kevin Alcantara making the 40-man roster. Who are the other players that you kind of see, as far as in your opinion, have a really good shot at making that 40-man roster?
1: Sure. I mean, I think the headline name is going to be Brennan Davis. It's Brennan, Brennan's time. I think the Cubs thought that Brennan would get called up to the majors this year if he didn't have the injuries that he suffered in the 2022 season. So, you know, I think even eight months ago, you know, probably even two years ago, the Cubs knew that they were already going to have Brennan on the 40-man roster going into this offseason. So that'll be mostly a procedural move. I think in addition to that, Ben Brown, who the Cubs acquired for David Robertson at the trade deadline, I think he's a lock to be added. I think when the Cubs traded for him, they knew that it would it would come with adding him onto the 40-man roster on that date. So he's a lock. And I think the one other one that I think is going to get on is Ryan Jensen, who was the Cubs first round pick in 2019, a guy that they've worked really hard with to add pitches, to change his mechanics. And, you know, in the second half of the year, he touched 100 miles per hour. He's showing, you know, a cutter in the 90s, a slider that that was up to 90. He's got a lot of really good stuff happening. Um, hasn't quite like hit the next threshold as a prospect to sort of be in those top hundred conversations, but he's too valuable of an arm for the Cubs to risk losing. So I think those are the, those are the four to me that are that are pretty close to locks to be at.
0: Okay. So those are your locks. And so you said, and so now you take a look at your, you said Jensen, you said Brennan, you said Ben Brown.
1: Yeah, and Kevin Alcantara being Kevin
0: Alcantara we talked about, yeah. And so now what you kind of take a look at is who are the guys that you say might be bubble players that could potentially make that 40-man roster?
1: Yeah, so I mean, then we're getting down to a to a list of, you know, I know that, that you've talked to Cole Franklin before. Cole Franklin's eligible for the Rule 5 this year. A guy that was 99 miles per hour multiple times this year, I think, if I'm remembering right, touched 100 early on as well. Uh, if we're sticking with the hundred mile per hour guys, Cam Sanders hit 100 in September with Iowa as a reliever, uh, the son of Scott Sanders, who was a reliever for the Cubs in the 90s. Uh, he's going to be a really if he doesn't get added, I think teams are really going to look at him hard for the Rule Five Draft. And then Danny's Correa is another one, a guy who hit, has hit 101 miles per hour in the past that has one of the quickest arms I've ever seen for a reliever. It just his his arm is like lightning fast. I think those guys are all candidates, too. And then another one I'll, I'll just throw at you is Chase Strump, who was the second-round pick after Ryan Jensen in that 2019 re- draft, uh, is a guy that Baseball America voted the uh, best defensive second baseman in AA this year and also hit, I think, 23 home runs in AA. So a guy that has you know good power and pretty solid defense, uh, I think that'll be a guy that teams look at really closely as well.
0: Now the one name that I, you know, I kind of keep, keep hearing a little bit now and then about when it comes to rule five is Luis Devers. Yeah. Okay. So, so let, let's kind of take a look here right now is that the rule five draft, the 40 man roster is set. You know, when, when we talk about protecting those eligible guys on November 15th, who scares you that may not make it that you could see other teams uh, picking up
1: yeah, I mean, let's talk about the Devers case, for for instance. Devers was the, the Cubs minor league pitcher of the year this season, a guy that, you know, he kept his ERA south of two for most of the year. Uh, I don't think he allowed even two runs in a start, you know, at the final two months of the year after he'd gotten promoted to high A. Uh, he was just absolutely sensational. And I think Cubs, the Cubs fans would look at their track record with developing pitchers, and they would say, how could you let a pitcher – you know, the one, our pitcher of the year in this year that our farm system broke out, how could you let him go? And that's going to be a really tough one for the Cubs because they're going to look at Devers and they're going to say, you know, this is a guy that's, that's low 90s with velocity. Mostly he's got a really good changeup, but his breaking ball is still kind of fringy. He's really succeeding in a way, kind of like Johnny Cueto does where he just outthinks hitters. And he, you know, he just messes around with his timing and his arm angles. And he's, he's just, He's so fun to watch out there, but he hasn't pitched above A ball yet. So I think the Cubs might look at that and they might roll the dice and say, you know, I don't I don't think anyone else is going to take the risk that they can keep him on the roster for the entire year because, you know, his top end stuff isn't quite major league quality yet. And I my guess is they're going to leave him exposed for the rule 5, which is just crazy given the year he had.
0: Yeah, we, we got to see him in South Bend and, and and he was a big part of that championship uh, that yeah. run at the end. And so just, it's, it's just absolutely hard to fathom that, you know, like you said, you know, with a lot of these guys, you know, when you talk about that transition, it's just a totally different world up in the major leagues compared to the minor leagues, you know, as far as yeah. the amount of innings thrown and, and the stuff that you have to have. I mean, obviously you can use them as a reliever and stuff like that, but it it it's, I mean, when you think about not being above aid, it, it would be really hard to see the team taking a gamble and rolling the dice on that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think what's really changed in baseball over the last 10 years is that the stuff that you have has become almost more important when you're evaluating minor league players than the results are. And so a guy, you know, almost no one in the minor leagues had better results than Luis Devers this year, but the Cubs are going to look at five or eight other pitchers and say, hey, this prospect actually has better raw stuff. I think I'm more worried about a team taking him in the Rule 5 than Devers.
0: All right, Luis Lou, Devers. Now you got me sweating. Now we get to the portion of the show, Brian, where I start sweating a little bit. Who else you got that 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 other teams may find quite attractive or appealing?
1: Oh, okay. I mean, a, a bunch of those relievers I mentioned early on. Like, I think I think Cam Sanders is going to be left open for the Rule Five, and I and like I would tell you, I think he is going to get drafted, which is which is going to be too bad because I think you know there were probably opportunities to give him a shot down the stretch and, and they didn't end up taking them. And I kind of understand why they did that, but um, that's the one that jumps out to me as the most likely to be added. Another guy that I would point out that's kind of like Devers, a very similar situation is Darius Hill, who uh, led the Cubs farm system in batting average this year. He played in double A AA and triple A he's one of those guys that just, he he wakes out of bed hitting 300. His bat to ball skills are as good as anybody in the Cubs system. Uh, just a pure hitter. You know, one of those guys that just he's not going to wear batting gloves. He's just going to, you know, you can throw your best stuff at him and he's going to foul eight balls off. And then he's going to hit a, you know, a little squib into the opposite <laughs> field and get a single. And, uh, but also showed a little bit of extra pop this year. Teams used to say that he was just a left fielder. I thought he looked pretty good in center field, so he's a guy that that I could see also being left exposed because he doesn't have that sort of like sexy power, you know, big speed profile. But he's a guy that just gets it done, and so if another team looks and says, "Hey, that's we could we could do a lot worse with spending," you know, we could spend three to $5 million on a fourth outfielder and do worse than we're going to do with Darius Hill at the minimum. And then we have him for six more years after that. I could see someone taking him.
0: I remember I was talking to Mick Gillespie, the voice of the Tennessee Smokies. And, you know, I, I was kind of like, Oh, tell me about Matt Mervis. Tell me about, you know, Alexander Canario. And you know, I'm just trying to get all these guys. And he's like, let me tell you about Darius Hill. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you talk about some of those guys that see, you know, see these young guys on a day to day, sometimes there's intangibles, that, you know, don't pop out on the stat sheet that aren't like, you know, you know when you talk about the one Oh one or something or hitting 35 home runs right. in the minor leagues that just automatically pop out. And you have a guy like uh, you, you have a guy right there like Darius Hill who could re like you said, be really attractive to other teams.
1: Yeah. Now, he just uh, like somebody like Mick who's good, who watches, you know, every Tennessee game. Cause that's his job. Like you have such an appreciation for guys that bring that sort of day to day consistency that Darius has. And, you know, I think that 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 shouldn't be undervalued. That is something that is real and does matter.
0: Yeah, and 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 now comes the question too, though, is that for the Cubs, obviously you get worried that someone's going to take somebody, but you have the opportunity to kind of look around as well and take somebody in the Rule Five draft. Have you d- dug into that at all? Is uh, heard anything? Is maybe someone, anyone that the Cubs would kind of be interested or farm systems that you think that they might want to pick from?
1: You know, I. As far as specific names, I, I haven't yet. I think, you know, we'll we'll see next week, who teams protect and who they don't, and then start to get a list of, of that sort of in mind. Uh, but I think conceptually, it'll be interesting. The Cubs do like to take guys in the rule five. They've, they did it even during that successful window. Yeah. I think you might remember them. I think they drafted Caleb Smith, like mm-hmm. in 2016, Uh, And they brought him into spring training and gave a look at him. And ultimately, of course, you know, they weren't going to use a 26, a 25 man roster spot on him back then uh, and let him go. But the Cubs do like to give somebody a chance. So uh, I think if I looked at the Cubs roster, I would guess that if they were going to do it, they would do it with a reliever. You know, I think they, they really like how how they identify pitchers in other organizations. I I think they like how uh, they can bring a pitcher into the organization and make him better. So if I was going to guess at who the Cubs took, if they do take somebody, it would be, I would definitely be looking at, okay, who are the, who are the guys that Baseball America thinks are the best relievers available in the Rule 5, and pick one of those, and you're going to have as good of a chance as, uh, of, of being right as I will on, on that day.
0: Well, you know, it's going to be tricky, and, and, and like I said, it, it'll be fun to watch, but, you know, for me, Brian, it's, it's, a lot more enjoyable having you know this great minor league team and having all this talent, yeah. like you said, you know three of four of the teams making it into the uh, minor league postseason than than not having anything out there. The last, you know, it, it's been remarkable the turnaround in the farm system. What do you, where would you say it's probably rated about now? Five, four.
1: Yeah, probably in the five to 10 range. I think, you know, with Brennan's injuries, you know, you, they don't have, they're not going to have like multiple top 50 prospects probably. So that's going to push them down a little bit, but you know, I think somewhere in that sort of seven to seven to 10 range is probably where they'll, they'll settle in.
0: And it's it, like I said, it makes it fun and I know it makes your job a lot more fun. Yeah. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find your work at and where your social media handles would be?
1: Sure. So I write a couple times a week at Bleacher Nation. Uh, I think he, hopefully most of you are familiar with with Brett's amazing site there. Uh, on Twitter, I am at CubCUBProspects. And then uh, let me call out real quick. I'm going to be a regular contributor on a new podcast that uh, my buddy Greg, Greg Huss is starting. It's going to be called Cubs on Deck, and our first episode is going to be this week. So uh, I hope uh, listeners of this great pod will give us a chance over there. Absolutely, we've had you on,
0: we've had Greg on, and and and, and uh, I think you're going to have some other contributors that are going to be great, and it's going to be a great podcast to listen to. So I'm wishing you guys nothing but the best, and uh, look forward, Brian, to having you back on and seeing you at CubsCon, maybe.
1: Yeah, CubsCon for sure, and then down in Arizona, I'm sure we'll run into each other.
0: All right, Brian. Hey, thanks for taking some time tonight, and best of luck with everything.
1: All right, good to see you.
0: Take care.